Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Share Radio's thought for this week is called Transforming Our Nation of Shopkeepers into Global Financiers. And it starts with a quotation from UK Chancellor of Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, speaking in Edinburgh last week. Our competition is not really with Paris or Frankfurt. It's with New York and Singapore and Shanghai. What this package of Edinburgh reforms demonstrates is that we aren't complacent. We are going to be nimble, adaptive, and hungry for business all over the world. The Edinburgh reforms announced last week by UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt were deliberately understated. Announced on a Friday as a complex package of reforms, the media coverage has been limited. While Mark Austin, who led the review into the prospectus regime, describes them as not a big bang, but a sensibly thought through Darwinian evolution. However, their strategic significance should not be downplayed. They not only mark a major step away from decades of overregulation by the European Union, but they also point the way for a new world order for finance, urgently needed for introducing a more egalitarian form of capitalism. So in this week's thought, we summarize and in our webpage script, provide links for the major developments, drawing attention to features needed to encourage personal share ownership. And we consider how the timing of this announcement in the midst of economic turmoil may open doors for a fairer and more participative system in the decades to come. The deliberately low key launch of Jeremy Hunt's policy statement building a smarter financial services framework for the UK, was further underpinned by its Edinburgh location. But that was a good choice to draw attention to the role that Scotland plays in making a substantial contribution to Britain's place in the financial world. He covered a wide range of initiatives, including a significant change to the ring fencing of banks with both retail and investment operations an instruction to the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority to focus on the city's role in providing global financial services, overhauling the senior manager's regime so that it no longer fosters risk aversion, changes to the rules on short selling, which is a key part of liquidity provision in financial markets and progressing implementation of Mark Austin's prospectus proposals to encourage capital raising in the United Kingdom. The background to many of the constraints on London's ability to deliver on the world stage 
has not just been our membership of the European Union over the past 40 years, but also the long shadow of the 2008 financial crash, which itself owed much of its origins to Big Bang in October 1986. The shadow is easiest to recognise in the first of Hunt's initiatives, dealing with the relationship between the retail and corporate activities of large banks. It was the introduction of dual capacity, breaking down the rules which denied businesses the opportunity to act as both principal and agent, which was arguably the major long-term factor resulting in the 2008 financial crash. The merging of these roles resulted in boards whose discipline evaporated under the intense motivation of self-interest and greed. Every opportunity was taken to introduce massive leverage, resulting 20 years later in financial meltdown. This was addressed by the ring-fencing regulations, which are now being reviewed, and which were hardly a direct response to the dual capacity which had caused the mayhem in the first place. I recall writing in the Share Centre's editorial, calling for redefining these roles of principal and agent, the second of which is so vital to personal investor confidence. Also, former market maker Brown Winterflood and I joined Simon Rose on 9th of December 2014 to discuss this issue in a Share Radio podcast. The other initiative which merits particular comment is the last in our list, Progressing Mark Austin's Prospectus Reforms, on which we commented on 20th of September 2021. This is another welcome move forward, and three aspects merit particular comment. Adjusting liability provisions so as to encourage issuers to include forward-looking projections within their new issue documentation. I recall finding it extraordinary to experience meetings in which corporate lawyers had to openly caution against providing such essential information for personal investors. Removal of the 8 million euro threshold, beyond which a full prospectus has thus far been required. This will significantly reduce the cost, in terms of both money and time, of preparing business proposals for capital raising. And the introduction of a new public offer platform regime, which will provide the basis for much more flexible capital raising in future. But above all, this welcome set of proposals paves the way for the United Kingdom to take a lead role on the world stage for financial services, as we have called for at several times over the past few years. This is a key element in enabling a more egalitarian form of capitalism. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.